In order for your life to really be strong, you have to build up the foundations. The seven equities of life, they go as red, right? From top to bottom. The first one being mindset. Second one being health. Third one being soul. Then family, social, business, and finance. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Over a Brew. I'm your host, Cruz Garcia. On today's episode, we have my man, Rigo. Um, this guy, I've actually had the pleasure to meet him a few years ago, actually at a, at a video shoot that I was part of. And, you know, we exchanged some words, didn't really talk much, didn't know where it would have gone. But, you know, fast forward a few years later, we're actually having uh, a brew, which I'm sure that he's already done with it. And uh, we had some dope conversations prior to this podcast. And, you know, for me, I was, I'm always looking for people that I can bring on, people that I can actually learn from. And hopefully you guys can learn from him as well. This guy has done amazing things. He's actually part of a very successful podcast himself called The Millennial Mindset. And you guys can check that out. I'll make sure to tag it down below. Um, beyond that, he's actually started a few companies. He's a very successful man. The craziest thing about that is that I couldn't find much information on him. So he does things in the down low. Um, but I'm very excited for him to be on here. I'm excited for you guys to learn. And with no further ado, let's uh, have the man introduce himself. Bro, I appreciate that introduction, dude. That's, uh, that's actually... Uh, that's a pretty good introduction, man. Uh, for someone, you know, for someone who couldn't find much information on me, you, you did great, dude. Thank yeah, you, bro. You, you pretty much got it, man. And yes, uh, I am here with Cruz. We did have a brew right here, but uh, I just wanted to let you guys know beforehand that this is the first podcast interview that I have been on. I'm always on the other side with my mm -hmm. show, Inside the Millennial Mindset. But Cruz, this is the most unorthodox interview I have ever experienced. Right? And I've been in quite a few, bro. <laughs> Right. So tell them how we made this happen. Well, okay. So pretty much, this is almost 100% cruise. I was just, I, I was just here by invitation, right? <laughs> so he invites me on his podcast, and I said, "Bro, absolutely." Like he said, uh, we met two years ago, but we didn't really connect up until yeah. about what, three weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. When we had that conversation. Yeah, it was a conversation that we were, we we had originally planned to meet a month prior. Yes. But it got canceled by. It was uh, it was actually by mere chance that it got canceled. It was a very personal thing to me, and we pushed it back. The second time we were gonna meet, Cruz canceled it because of something personal that happened in his life. And the third time, it was gonna get canceled again. But like he said, we just made it happen, and we had the deepest conversation, bro. We did, bro. We, we talked about so many things about biohacking, about pursuing our passions, about you know the seven equities, and about a lot of different things. So I got to know a little bit more about you. So. That was that was that was cool. And dude, I shared some things with you right there that I wouldn't even that haven't even shared with a lot of my close friends, dude. So, props to you for you know just being able to really make somebody feel comfortable and get into their mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, by the way, guys, before we move on, we're actually shooting this podcast in a parking structure in my car because we were having a, a hard time finding a location. And I'm actually I'm actually very happy that we're doing it here and that you know Rigo was cooperative and we're doing this and we're making it happen we didn't make any excuses absolutely not yeah, definitely so let's jump right into it let's talk about you bro 
I really want to get to know who you are a little bit more. Uh, I want the audience to know who Rigo is and get to learn from you as much as I got to learn from you as well. So uh, let's start off with who you are and what you do. So like uh, Cruz said, my name is Rigo Flores. You won't find much information about me online because I do keep it very low. I'm. I'm the kind of guy that likes to do things behind the scenes. I'm not really the personality, but I'm always the guy behind the scenes that's moving things, the guy that's moving the 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 business, the guy that's moving the numbers, the guy that's making things happen. So I would um I, 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 I'm like Bill Gates right hand man, right? Nobody knows where he is. He's somewhere in a yacht somewhere else as Bill's actually moving in the business. Living the life. Living the life. <laughs> so uh let, let me first ask you, what, what, how deep do you want me to go? Cause oh, bro, we're gonna go deep. We're okay. gonna go like blue ocean deep, kind of. All right, cool. So, so uh, just a little background on myself. Um, I was born here in Santa Barbara, so I am a, lo- a Southern California local. I love Southern California. I've traveled to a lot of different places, bro, and I'm biased because I live here, bro. But I think Southern California is one of the most beautiful places I have ever seen, dude. And I live. I, 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 this is a place that I pretty much plan on spending a good portion of my life with and in terms of business I have done a lot of different things throughout my life but the thing that I'm really passionate about bro is marketing mm-hmm. I eat sleep breathe marketing and pretty much anything that entails marketing marketing psychology is pretty much my thing and I think I think you could pretty much got a taste of that you know like the first time we started like actually had like a real conversation yeah, no, definitely. I, I got to learn that side of you about marketing, about uh, strategizing, about pushing things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into any of that stuff, I really want to get into your world. So mm-hmm. you mentioned you were born and raised here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Who were who was Rigo? Were you always this person that was behind the scenes or who, who were you growing up? Let's start off at, you know, age 10. Dude, that's a very good question, man. Uh, you know, to to kind of uh, get a good sense of who Rigo is, dude. I, I usually start a little bit earlier than that, so maybe about like you know age five. You okay. Know, that's when we pretty much get our like our like recollection of our consciousness. But you know, when I was very young, dude, I used to think that everybody was created equal, dude. Mm-hmm. But as I got a little bit older, I came to realize that people are not really created equal. Some people are born stronger. Some people are born smarter. Some people are just born with abilities that a lot of other people don't have and that really separates us as humans. And I came to realize at a very young age that I was short. I was not that smart. I was not the fastest in class and I was definitely not the most charismatic. On the contrary, dude, I had no charisma whatsoever, dude. If if you remember this show called Ed, Ed and Eddie, I'm kind of like the guy that had the plank. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what his name was, but I just, I had no friends. My friend, my, my, my main, my only friend was the friend that I created in my head. And that's when I really realized that I told you that people are not created equal. Yeah. And that really affected me when I was a kid growing up. It made me realize that in order for you to kind of balance yourself out, you really have to develop yourself in a lot of different ways, develop your skills. And from a very young age, that's what I started doing. You know, I had no charisma whatsoever. So I had to find a way to have charisma. I had. Yeah no skills in the, I mean, I was not the fastest kid in class. So I started, you know, running and tried to run a little bit faster every single time. I was not the best, wow. the smartest kid in class. So I would pick up books and go to my local library, try to rack up those AR points for anybody yeah. that remembers that. <laughs> and, you know, try to develop my skills in that area because not everybody was created equal. And I wanted, you know, to be like the rest. Yeah. 
So you wanted to be like everyone else, pretty much. Yeah, dude, I wanted to be like everybody else. I, I was always a very awkward kid growing up. I didn't really know, like I said, how to communicate with people. So to me, I saw people, you know, hanging out with their friends. I saw people, uh, you know, um, communicating within each other. And I just, I wanted to be part of them, but I wanted to be part of everybody else. So I started doing things, you know, that they would do. Definitely. So when was that, that moment where you actually had that, that first friend? I mean, unfortunately, it sucks that you didn't have a friend growing up. Mm-hmm. That, you, you know, you didn't go through that process of like, I mean, I'm sure you did, but you probably like try to fit in with other groups. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am, I, am I correct with that? Because a lot of times I, I say it this way because I myself growing up, as far as I can remember, it was that I try to fit in as well. Mm-hmm. I try to be, you know, like everyone else. Uh, if someone did something, I try to do it a little better. Mm-hmm. So I feel that that also gravitated people to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like had the opposite effect in you. Um, but how did that affect you growing up? I mean, um, it, it affected me a lot growing up because like, like I said, you know, I try, I try to fit in with a lot of different people and I tried to be part of the social circle, but I also realized that at a young age that I wasn't like them, bro. What they did didn't really excite me. The words that they spoke really didn't like, you know, call my attention, the places they hung out. It, it wasn't my vibe. Yeah. So I gravitated a lot after, you know, trying to fit in with them and not being accepted into their social circle because I wasn't. I wasn't mm-hmm. part of their social circle. I started gravitating to just being a lone wolf, just hanging out by myself, being with me in my own mind. And I became a loner. I became a loner, wow. but it was a loner by design. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be associated with them. But I always gravitated to older people, older people, their conversations, their ideas. They always talked about concepts that were very intriguing to me. So wow. it, it, it made me it made me grow up at a very young age and it made me very analytical in nature just from, you know, hanging around the adults and really taking in what they were talking about concepts that I did not understand. It's funny, dude, because I remember when I was a kid, about six, seven years old, I was sitting in the couch and I was reading this book and my mom tells me, hey, why don't you go out, why don't you go outside and play? And, I was a kid myself and I told my mom, oh no, they're just kids and I brushed them off and I kept reading wow. my book. And it, you know, it just, that's the, um, to answer your question, that's pretty much how, that, that's pretty much how it affected me as a child. It just made me a lot more of a lone wolf, a loner. And to this day, bro, I'm still pretty much the same way. It's hard to tell. I think I wouldn't be able to tell that you, you suffer from that growing up because you seem very social. You seem like you like to be around a lot of people. I mean, based on some of the stories that you post, you know, you're always at these like networking events, launch parties, uh, you know, these these events that are, you know, you have to surround yourself with people and talk to people. I mean, absolutely, bro. It's yeah. creating a life by design. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a social introvert. It's I've I've always been an introvert. I mean, uh, so extrovert at heart, but I became an introvert by design, and. You wouldn't be able to tell, bro. Nobody's able to tell. Anybody who I always talk about my past, they can't piece it together because the regal that they have met in the last four years is a completely opposite, the completely opposite person of the person who I used to be in the past, you know? A lot of those um, characteristics are still within me. They're still who I am, but uh, my buddy Rico, who has, I believe, been on this podcast. Yeah, he has. He always says that we play characters. And we choose the character that we want to play, but that character is not as it's just a character. It's a part of our personality, an extension of who we are. And 
that's pretty much the way that I would describe it. I'm just playing the character, you know, just wow. an extension of who I am. That's that's so uh, awesome because I was listening to a podcast, uh, Ed Milet, and he kind of talked about that. He said, um, we, we are whatever character we want to be. That's right. Right. That's when, right. Whenever you feel at your best or whenever you're feeling at your worst, you're playing a character. And that mm -hmm. character can be whoever it is. It can be super ego when you walk into a room and you're just conquering the room, talking to everyone, building relationships, building friends, and, you know, negative Nancy when you're alone and you have all these negative thoughts and you're, you're bitter about something or you're going through a negative stage. We all suffer from, you know, these characters. And we oftentimes, we have the ability and the opportunity to wake up and say, what character do I want to be today? Exactly, dude. And like, like I said, it's, like, I'm pretty much, even now, while I'm recording this podcast with you, I'm, I'm pretty much a character of myself because the conversation style that I was having and the way that I was acting with you right before we started recording this podcast is completely yeah. different, bro. It's almost a completely different lax regal versus yeah. the regal that I'm speaking right now, you know, because I'm in podcast mode. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's just a character that we play, bro, because like you said, dude, that was a perfect analogy, bro. We choose the character we want to play. Yeah, no, it's so true, bro. I actually, before the podcast went live, I was like, not nervous, not like overthinking it. And the podcast goes live and I'm like, okay. Boom. Focus okay, what questions am I going to ask? Base. What am I going to say? How am I saying it? Am I, do I sound professional? Do I? Not? It's like all these things come to mind, right? Mm -hmm. But as this podcast kind of you know kept going, twelve minutes in, and I feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel great. Likewise, bro. Man, so, all right. So let's let's go back because I feel like we're deviating from from getting to know you a little bit more. All right. So you're in high school, right? Mm -hmm. um, and high school is a little bit different, as because I mean elementary middle school tends to kind of be similar but high mm -hmm. school you're not your you know you, you want to go to prom you want to do these things you want to go out to all these events were you that type of person that was involved in that like homecoming and those type of things bro i did not go to any homecoming what? i did not go to any prom wait what and the only reason i went to any kind of event was because i performed at those events what yeah dude no i'm like i t when i told you i was an introvert i or i am an introvert technically i Same. am an <laughs> absolute introvert bro i just i i didn't feel like i belonged you know um yeah. the part that i didn't mention about growing up is that i was severely bullied and I, I had a lot of trauma that i'm still dealing with you know now as an adult and it made me believe that nobody wanted me around even my own friends that were, now that i think back they were not technically my friends that they were just you know it was just part of their social circle because mm -hmm. i was a dancer and they were dancers I just felt like I didn't belong. I would go to those events and I, I felt like everybody was looking at me, telling me, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. And I just carried that throughout my Damn. whole high school career. I did not go to one single homecoming, bro. How did bully affect you? You know what, dude? It made me it made me feel irrelevant. Bullying, bullying when you think about it now, when I think about it now as an adult, it's, it's pretty much just, it was just me accepting the shit that everybody gave me they were pretty much throwing shit at me and i was eating it and i was just internalizing it and letting it Damn. pretty much digest through my whole body and becoming it because i accepted it and that's it, it affected me in in making me believe the perception that i was shit and mm -hmm. that i was not part of anything so mm -hmm. you know like everything you have to internalize it like later in your life and luckily i did at 22 years old and now I'm not a victim of it, but you know, it's like growing up with trauma or just being uh, having any trauma uh, 
thrown at you. I mean, not thrown at you, being part of trauma and going through it. It, it, it always affects you throughout your whole life. You just have to learn to, you know, internalize it and get over it. But how do you internalize it when you're in that process of like... You don't, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, like that's crazy. Uh, the reason why I say that is because the more that I, you know, bring guests on here, the more that I realize that we're all the same. We mm -hmm. all go through similar things very differently, but very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, I brought one of my, my good friends, Jackie. She was my first uh, guest on the podcast. And we were talking about her being bullied and her being criticized by by people because she had big thighs because she had a certain body figure right mm -hmm. um and for me it was the total opposite i was bullied because i was too slim mm -hmm. too skinny okay. too this to that and it was the most of the time the bullying is done in close proximity mm -hmm. by people who are the closest to you like your family you know Sometimes it's not your immediate family, but it's like relatives or it's cousins or it's even your quote unquote friends that you hang out with that mm -hmm. you think really care about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, but growing up, I was also bullied physically. OK. Yeah, I was also bullied yeah. physically, but I but it's not about me. This is about you. So. Uh, so how was that process? Um. But if I, are you asking me if I was ever bullied physically? If like when you were bullied, what was that like? Was it verbally or was it emotionally? Like what was it? It was verbally, emotionally, physically, and all the illies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like you said, um, a lot of the times it's like a lot of, like just to backtrack a little bit. A lot of the times it's not that our families are are the ones and our close friends are not the ones that are bullying us but it's the only it, i believe that it's because they're the ones that we allow to get close mm. enough to us to actually bully us yeah. so a lot of times we face bullying from a lot of like external external sources not that aren't close to us but we don't really allow them to get close to us emotionally physically might be a different way but, you know emotionally for them to actually hurt us yeah but uh to answer your question um the way you 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 asked me you asked me um, how the bullying affected me in what way? Yeah. Can you repeat that. I dropped yeah. the ball. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, down. I dropped no, the ball. No, no worries. No worries. Um, the question was, what was what was the way that they bullied you? What would they say? What would they tell you? And you know, this is, I'm kind of adding to it. How did you process that? Okay. So the way that I was bullied, I remember my earliest my earliest. Uh, the earliest thing I can remember where I was bullied was when I was in um it was first grade and I was bullied by the teacher what yeah I was bullied by the teacher I don't think she intended to bully me but the way that she made it sound it it, it, it really felt like she was putting me down because I studied in Mexico when I went before before um before first grade I, I went to kinder in Mexico and the way they, they taught me how to do mathematics over there and the, you know they have their own system yeah when I came to the United States and studied over here in first grade, I remember that the teacher was having us do this group problem together. Mm -hmm. And she taught us her own way of doing it. I did the problem. I got the right answer, but I did it with my own method. And then when my classmates were asking me, hey, how did you do that? I taught them how to do the teacher's method because I, you know, I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to confuse them. So I remember the teacher saw my method and she called me out and it's like Rigo this is not the way you do it you have to I mean this is not the way you do it you have to do it my way you taught these people how to do it but you couldn't do it your own self like like what's going on like what happened and she was making a big deal about it and 
like my classmates were just looking at me and I know it wasn't intentional but I just I, I, I kind of felt like they were calling me stupid mm-hmm. because I was doing it my own way and they they didn't understand it and the teacher when you're a little kid you look at the teacher and you look at them as being correct you look at them as being kind of like the authority figure so she was kind of like calling me out on it and making me feel like I was doing it wrong when in reality I was getting the right answer I was just doing it through my own method so I just remember I felt I felt I felt dumb I felt dumb for understanding it differently from the other students Mm -hmm. and that was my first I guess like verbal bullying I experienced physical bullying later in third grade I was the smallest one in class I've always been the smallest one in class I was always the smallest one everywhere actually (laughs) I'm I'm a short guy (laughs) and we were playing a game of tetherball. It was tetherball in my elementary school, and I'm I'm really good at tetherball. I don't know why. Just it, there's certain sports that just really caught to you, and tetherball was one of those sports. And I was just really good. I ended up beating this dude that he was pretty much the class bully, and he didn't like that I beat him because I was a short one in class. I was the one, you know, the wow. the least, I guess, like physically inspiring dude in class, and I beat him. So he came over and he punched me in the stomach. And I couldn't defend myself, and I, I don't know why, but from there, the other dudes in class, which were uh, boxers at the time, started bullying me as well, just because they saw that I was the weakest link in class. So I started getting uh, physically bullied in third grade, and it got to the point where one time I fought back, we went to the principal's office, and I'm the one that got called out on it, and I'm the one that got suspended because uh, it was three dudes bullying me, like the three dudes' words versus mine. Wow. Yeah, they all called me out like, oh, it was Rigo's fault. And I forgot. I, I can't remember the whole premise of it, but I remember the principal looking at me and uh, pretty much accusing me of causing the incident and yeah, ex- uh, suspending me from class. Wow. Did you ever thought of, like, bringing it up to the principal or, like, when they were bullying you? Or, like, why, why didn't you, you know, speak up? Or did you speak up? No, I didn't speak up. I didn't speak up because I felt like I didn't have a right to. Why is that? That's a great question. I, I can't really identify why I didn't feel like I, I, I had the right to speak up, but I felt being bullied from those three people and just being looked down as like the weaker dude in class, I just I, I felt like I didn't deserve to be protected in a way, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I, I just felt like I, I, I didn't deserve to speak my voice. And in reality, it could have been that I was afraid. Mm-hmm. It could have been that I was afraid that if I would speak up, they would come and get me because it was almost a consistent thing uh, during our, I think it was like our lunch break. Wow. Where I was getting bullied, you know, and it started off with one, became two, then it became four. And yeah, I just kept getting bullied by more and more people in my class that year. I don't know, I guess, like I said, it just, I didn't feel like I, I deserved to be defended or Damn. deserved to be, you know, to speak up. Well, I, I kind of want to take a moment here. If, if you, the listener, the person that's listening to this is being bullied, being picked on, especially in today's world with, you know, all this cyberbullying and all these kids now it's not like back then where you can just leave it at school and then tomorrow you face it now you bring it home with you you carry it with you in your pocket and you know if you feel like you're going through that process and if you feel like something is going on and you can't you know or you feel like you can't stand up or you can't speak to anyone make sure that you talk to your mom make sure you talk to a counselor professor someone around you that actually can uh, possibly do something about it or at least you know guide you to the right the right path uh, don't keep that in because sometimes that can affect you in the long run uh, going back to the podcast 
Rigo, I feel like we're all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we're all over the place. All right, so um, let's go to, you said at 22 years old, you kind of just let go of all that negative things that you were carrying with you, right? What shift happened that caused you to say, you know what, fuck it. Like, I don't care about all my past experiences. I just care about moving forward. But before we get into that, I actually want to bring it back. So my question is going like forward and back because my <laughs> mind is like... everywhere today. Yeah, yeah, we're just everywhere. But it, this is kind of the purpose of the podcast. I just want to have a genuine conversation with my, yeah, with my guests. Sure. And I feel like sometimes when you're having a, a genuine conversation with someone, it's not structured. So I, I don't want it to be structured. I don't. I just want it to be genuine and just flow the way that it should. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Rigo. Before 22 years old, what was like the hardest thing you faced and how, what lesson did you learn from that? My girlfriend of five years leaving me. Mm. And I learned that all the trauma that I carried throughout my years of bullying, I carried it into my relationship with her. And her being the closest person that I had to meet got the blunt force of all the trauma. Wow. Yeah. My ex-girlfriend, which I will not name, the one of the most loving, caring individuals that I have ever met in my life was pushed away by my own insecurities and trauma that I carried from years of bullying. Damn. So I learned, you got to leave that shit behind, bro. Yeah. Because you will mess up your future relationships. Um, I don't know if I'm, I have the ability to ask what happened, but it sounds like it was some some hardship. It was it was it was hard, bro. Just her being the closest thing to me. And being my only f- source of escape, mm-hmm. she she got it, bro. I'm just gonna say she got it. She got emotional. She, luckily, she never got any physical abuse because I'm not messed up like that. Yeah, I don't have that kind of you know. I'm not that kind of person. But you don't, she, you don't seem like that type of guy. No, but she did get uh, verbally abused. Not not necessarily verbally abused. Emotionally abused. Mm-hmm. That's the right one because I didn't really ever verbally abuse her, but. I just took a lot of my insecurities on her and it wasn't necessarily that I put her down as a woman. Yeah. It was more so that I made her feel insignificant. I made her feel as insignificant as I was, as insignificant as, as I felt. Mm-hmm. So you wanted her to feel kind of at the same level. I as wanted, you. I wanted, I guess, I guess in reality, now that I look back at it, I wanted somebody to feel like me so I could feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah. You know, I felt alone most of my life and this is before 22 years old, of course. And I just, um, I guess I wanted somebody to feel like they were with me, yeah. that they were, you know, going through this with me. And unfortunately, she didn't sign up for that. But, you know, we don't we don't really choose what happens to us. It just it, it's just a culmination of, you know, just events that take place. Yeah, I mean, hearing you out, I, I also think sometimes a lot of people carry their 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 heavy bags and their heavy luggage with them, and they just want other people to feel the same or to feel below them. Mm-hmm. Because they feel that they can't stand up for certain things, so what do they do? Just like the the bully, mm-hmm. the bullying, right? The bullying, the people that were bullying you, just like they did. They, they found someone that was weak, and guess what? They picked on you. Exactly. So sometimes I feel like people do that, carry their their negative emotions, their negative feelings, their negative thoughts, their insecurities with them, and they try to just belittle someone else. Absolutely. And sometimes it's so crazy. It's the people that we love the most. It's funny because I literally just made a whole. Uh, it just it made a whole circle right now. <laughs> it is absolutely the people that 
you love the most or the, not that you love the most but the people that are the closest to you that cost you the most pain yeah so how was that 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 transition of being in a five-year relationship to now being single what did you learn from that um like i said bro i learned that the trauma that you carry around affects everybody around you. Mm-hmm. I have a quote on my Instagram right now that I like to live by, and I mention it very often. It says, "Your vibe attracts your tribe." Yeah. If you live around, if you, I mean, if you walk around with a trash vibe, you are gonna attract trash people. And I can't say that I really attract trash people because I didn't have the social skills to really attract anybody. But I, I didn't have any great relationships, man. I didn't. Till this day. I mean, up until this day, since I started changing my vibe, I can say that I've attracted some of the most phenomenal individuals that never in my wildest dreams I thought I was going to be friends with, including you, bro. Oh, thank You're good you, vibes, brother. bro. Thank we you. sat down for one simple conversation that we put off for three weeks. And, yeah. dude, like, look at us recording a podcast on just vibing. <laughs> and, you know, like, your yeah. vibe does attract your tribe. And I, that's what I learned, bro. I learned that you have to check. You have to check your ego at the door. You have to check your attitude at your door. You have to leave all your baggage behind you know don't when you travel you take your bags with you bro but in life you can't do that bro you have to leave all your baggage behind and just approach every day with a new mentality because otherwise it follows you wow that's a good analogy i was i honestly was just processing i was like when you sometimes just check in your bags let's look a perfect example let's take the you know you're flying somewhere mm-hmm. when you check in your bags and you are walking to the gate how do you feel? You feel light. You mm-hmm. feel like you don't have to worry about like my bags or anything because I know they're going to get to the destination mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Right? But when you're not doing that, when you take on carry on, what happens? You're like all stressed out, all worried. Like, okay, do I have this? Do I have this? Are they going to let me on the plane with this? <laughs> Where am I going to store it? That's right. And then life is the same way. When you check the bags in and just let that you know, manifest or let that happen. If they're going to arrive to your destination is because they were meant to be there. And if they don't, and they get lost through the transition, it's because it should have happened that way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you pick up their log- your luggage again, you feel in a different state of mind. Mm-hmm. You're more positive. You're a little bit more um, aware of your surroundings, aware of yourself, who you are, and you love yourself a little bit more. Um, I know that you and I, when we were talking, we talked about the seven equities, and mm-hmm. I really, really want to get into that. But prior to that, um, prior to you discovering the seven equities, mm-hmm. what was that like? Prior to me discovering the seven equities, yeah, it was a whirlwind of life. Mm-hmm. I was going to use mean? a different word, but I think life is the best way that you can describe it. I mean, we're still young. We're we're, we're pretty much around the same age, and we're still young, and we still have a lot of more like a lot more life to live, but. When you're in your early 20s, it's a very strange time to be at because almost nothing makes sense. You're in a, you're, you're pretty much trying to figure yourself out, trying to soul search yourself. Yeah. And that's exactly what was going on with me. I spent, you know, up up until my like about 22 years old, I spent not knowing, not really living who I was as a person. So as soon as I got that confidence and I said, you know what, I need to pretty much take life by the horns and write it to 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 be my best self then that's when i started discovering who i was and spiritualism has been something that has always called to me and anybody any of you guys that are listening that who are into the spiritual realm know that there are so many different teachings in the spiritual realm and i got lost bro i really got lost in the spiritual life mm-hmm. and it was a very confusing time for me before that wow mm-hmm. so you think the spiritual 
search uh, kind of shifted your mind and shifted your life? It definitely shifted my life in a very good way because it, it, it gave me purpose. Mm -hmm. But just like everything else in life, when done in excess, it can be bad for you, you know, just like drugs, you know? Yeah. Just like drugs, even ibuprofen, when done in excess, it can definitely harm you. Mm -hmm. And finding, finding, you know, my own spirituality, I, I got, you get lost in the sauce, bro. You honestly oh, yeah. get lost in the sauce. And I started abiding by principles that were not really who I was, but I felt that I was going, that I was, it, it really was who I was because it made me feel better, mm -hmm. you know, when in reality it, it was just confusing me even further and taking me further away from who I was and my actual goals. Okay, so when did the seven equities come to play? Earlier this year. Really? Earlier this year, bro. So from 22 to who you're at now, mm -hmm. you were just soul, soul searching, finding yourself, finding the right you know principles you wanted to obey by. I call, <coughs> I, call it, I call it my experimental phase. Okay. Yeah, I call it my experimental phase because I experimented with just about anything, almost anything that you can think of, any ideology, any methodology, any kind of ologies, bro. I experimented <laughs> with almost all of them in order to say, you know what, this is really what I want to do. But with experimentation comes a lot of confusion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you always take little parts that you like of everything. And everything was all over the place. But it was when I discovered <clears throat> the seven equities, when they were presented to me, that I really started structuring my life and really getting those little parts of each experimenta experimentational phase and just aligning them perfectly. Okay. Wow. I really, like I said, I, man, like I'm so eager to tell you and, and ask you and really get into the seven equities. And I just feel like every, every little question that I ask leads up to the seven equities, leads up to that. <laughs> um, but something I really wanted to ask, um, and I was, you know, doing some research, the, the minor research that I could, because you're freaking hard to, you know, really get some, some stuff on, some dirt on, or some positive things on. Keep looking, bro. You're not gonna find <laughs> uh, But one thing it is, it's you were a part of a marketing company, right? Mm -hmm. Here locally, here in Oxnard, Oof. called uh, Trendy, right? Am, yes. I, am I correct? I was. Yes. Um, when did you leave them? I left them early. We par I'm not going to say I left them. We parted ways. Okay. We parted ways because of certain reasons, and I believe it was early 2017. Early 2017. Early okay. 2017. So three years ago, that would have put at 2016. Late 2017. Okay. So 2016, you made a video on Facebook mm -hmm. where you were driving and you were talking about um, some positive shit. I was. Yes, wow. you were. Wow. You were talking about diet, dieting, eating vegetables, how that helps your your uh, immune system, how it helps your energy. You also talked when about... when I became a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, maybe. I, I don't know. But I was looking at it, and I couldn't pinpoint when was the time you left Trendy. I don't know if it was around that time that you left them, but that video itself, it really, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. It really allowed me to understand a little bit more about you, about where your mindset was at, and seeing you from then to now it's crazy it's like a night and day um but we're gonna get into like that specific mm -hmm. so trendy itself you you say you parted ways because you guys probably had to uh mutual reasons what happened if you don't mind me asking um we just we just parted ways it came to a point where we did great things together i had a blast with them we 
the things we were able to create together, us and the team, we build it from having four people to having about 15 people total, from having no agency to having an agency, having a location. I had a blast with them and those are memories that I'm gonna hold with me and I'm gonna carry with me for the rest of my life because they're great individuals. Yeah. The reason we parted ways, it was just for, it was for specific ethical reasons that I will not speak about in this podcast. Okay. And I usually don't speak about them because, you know, they're just, just in, in to honor the to to honor the respect and memory that I had with my with my team, but we we did have to part ways for certain uh, ethical reasons, and we each started you know we just went apart uh, grew apart and did our own thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I actually um, I had a question regarding them. What, whatever happened to them? I I was looking at their page and they hardly ever post or probably don't post at all. That's a great question. I have no idea. No, I have no idea. You haven't I kept just, up with any of them? Not necessarily. No, we when we parted ways, we 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 did so like that. We parted. We literally just parted, and we each went our own ways. We 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 kept it civil, but in order to kind of respect our own creative differences, we each went our own way, and we don't really keep up with each other anymore. Hmm. I just know that they're still doing their thing. I know they're still recording their videos. I know they're still working with restaurants, and I know they're, they're you know they're growing their brand. And that's uh, that's exactly what you know I was hoping was gonna happen with them that they were gonna continue their brand, keep growing it strong. So I wish them the best, but to be to answer your question, I have no idea, Cruz. I have same, no idea. same here. I actually I met um, the owner mm-hmm. or the the person who started the company uh-huh. a few years ago. Probably I want to say like three, four years ago. I met him. Super cool dude, awesome guy. And then I ran into him again. Um, but then I haven't seen him, haven't seen him post, haven't seen him anything. So I was like wondering, you know, what happened to them? Are they still around? Did they just fall off the grid? But you kind of just, you know. All I know is that they did shift the trajectory of what their goal was. Got it. So originally they started as an agency that was trying to emulate Mito. Have you ever heard of a company? Mito Food mm-hmm. Insiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were emulating that and we were doing such a great job. That's what was working with the algorithm. You have to do what's trending at the moment and kind of follow that follow that uh you know that uh that trend until it no longer works and then find your new method you know that's usually that's that's how social media works so we wrote it and we did great we went viral several times but i know that that method eventually stopped working so you have to move with the times and become more of a I mean, they became more bloggers now so i know they're food bloggers now that's that's mm. pretty much as far as i know they took it i know they're doing great doing that that's awesome um wish them anything nothing but the best Absolutely. I, I wish them nothing but success and love and and uh and whatever comes to them mm-hmm. uh let's let's have more into rego okay 2017 Oof. you leave them where's your mind at where are you at that point bro i had no idea what the hell i was gonna do really can you cuss in this podcast bro you can go ahead and bro cuss. i had no idea what the <laughs> hell i was going to do right so i went from i had my own marketing agency beforehand third eye media and i was doing pretty good bro i was getting some good clients uh we ended up closing a deal with honda we did some work for honda as well so i was like elevated but i had this you know this ambition to create something with people which is where trendy came in so i pretty much put everything on the line to be part of that agency but because of ethical reasons i had to leave bro and when i left i remember it was right before ventura caught fire do you remember ventura caught fire yes yes bro i was up there in the cross as the fire fighters were coming up when Ventura was on fire. No way. And before that, I remember I was walking up there with my girlfriend at the time and I was telling her, I was like, babe, what are we, What am I going to do? 
like what am I gonna do I, I don't know what I'm gonna do I put everything into building this with these people and I don't know where I'm gonna take it I don't know what I'm gonna do now I you know do I start all over do I go back back was, to what I was back to trendy I was lost like I didn't I didn't really know and she was she she just like looked at me and it's like Rigo you got this like babe you got this like you'll figure it out and then we went up to the we went up to the cross and we saw that it was, like, the the mount, the back mountains were on fire and then we had to oh run down God. yeah damn yeah, that's what happened that day bro it was, it was December I think it was December 4th if I'm not mistaken shit yeah so what did you do after after you know leaving trendy I mean you said you were gonna figure it out what, what was that figuring out well I had such a bad taste in my mouth for marketing from what happened with the company mm -hmm. that I didn't want to touch marketing. Marketing has always been my passion and it got tainted by that bad relationship that I didn't want to touch marketing and marketing has always been my bread and butter. That's how I know how to make money. That's how I make money now. Yeah. And I, I did it, you know, I didn't want to touch it. So I had to teach myself a brand new trade and I did not want to get a job. I was like, I'm not going to go back to work, bro. I'm not going to go back to work. I was super proud. It was, it was a lot of ego talking. Yeah. And what did your parents say? My parents? Oh, dude, my parents trust me with anything, bro. Like, no, like, they were, they were, they were sad that they saw it coming. Yeah. They saw it. I feel like your parents can tell the malicious intent of people before you can see it yourself sometimes. Yep. Especially your mom. Yeah, no, dude. It was Moms my mom. are like, yeah. I don't not know. Not once did they give me shit for it. Not once did they make me feel bad. They just said, you're going to bounce back, Rigo. You always do. And that's what I did, bro. I remember I, 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 there's this, this is a quote that I live by. There are moments of action in your life and there are moments of inaction. And both of them are just as important. A lot of the people think sometimes when they're not doing anything, when they're not doing anything with their life and they're just standing still, that they're in a negative space and that they're not going to come out of it, that they're losers. But in reality, it's that inaction that allows you to see what's going on in your life. It's that inaction that allows you to analyze where you are in life and really see what your next move is gonna do. Because when you're in action, when you are moving, when you are running, you can't really stop and think, bro, because you're focusing on the movement. So that moment when I left Trendy, that was my moment of inaction. And that's when I really got to analyze what was gonna be my next move. So I started thinking, all right, cool. I'm a pretty good marketer. I understand marketing trends. And it's something that I definitely wanna do for a good portion of my life, if not for the rest of my life, stay in that field. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to touch it at the moment. So then I started thinking, what goes hand in hand with marketing? And it's gonna be something that's gonna propel me and allow me to have a lot of uh, versatility in my career in the future. And there was this thing called drop shipping at the time. Okay. That really like intrigued my attention. It's pretty much selling things online without you ever touching the process you're just i mean the, the item you're just the middleman so i found how to drop ship and i went full force with it bro how do you come across it one of my buddies one of my buddies jeff he's uh he's a beast in this field he pretty much had nothing he was broke for a good amount of time he went mia he came back and he was driving an r8 and i was like bro how the how did you get an RA? You had nothing, bro. Like, you had nothing going for you. He said, oh, I started dropshipping. I started my own business. And, you know, he piqued my interest. I paid him. I learned how to do it from him. And now I'm combining my skills in marketing with my skills in e-commerce. And I'm just elevating the game from dropshipping to private labeling to wholesaling. And in the near future, I want to start working with... Uh, with I already work with retailers. I have uh, partnerships with retailers, brand name retailers, like... That, that whose items are carried in Walmart but 
I eventually want to carry into that space as well. Because mm. go get into a, a warehouse wholesaling. Oh damn! And just, you know, keep elevating the game in that field. Oh, well, I'm gonna pick your brain on this. <laughs> I need to learn how to do that. Uh, so through that process, I mean, I don't know if you touched on it. I don't think you did. Uh, what was your? Did you did you see the light? Did you see the light at the end of the tunnel? I mean, it, it depends what you mean by the light. Can you elaborate? I mean, the light as, I mean, for instance, you you figured drop shipping, right? Uh huh. Through the process of you know leaving trendy to the process of like figuring that out, and learning it, did you say you know what it'll be okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce back, or did you have these second doubts? Kind of like what you mentioned, babe. What am I gonna do? Um, should I run back? Should I not? Should I keep going? Should I go back to you know a nine to five? I feel I feel that, and I use the word entrepreneur lightly. But as somebody who has ambitions to do things on their own, to run a business on their own, you're always gonna have that doubt. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna you're gonna have those days where you're gonna be on top of the world and you're gonna say, okay, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm gonna grab the bull by the horns and all these other uh, cliche things that we say. But then yeah. you're also gonna have those days where you're gonna doubt yourself, and they come very soon, and they come. I mean, they come very often. They do come very often, and they come they come more often than you would think they do. So. I mean, I definitely have those doubts, entrepreneurship and uh, just starting your own business in general is not an easy task, you know? There's days when you're killing the game and you make, you know, uh, several dozen to several hundred sales in a certain, I mean, in a certain uh, week to some days where the market's just not good and the products that you picked are not selling. So you always have those thoughts of quitting because you, because it's it's a, it's a natural process. It's a natural process of this, um, of this uh, business game. So... That's why I asked you, like, what do you mean by the light? Is this something that I'm sticking to and that I'm going to keep building no matter what? Absolutely. So if that means I saw the light, great. But by seeing the light, I mean, if you meant by seeing the light that I have not struggled since then, absolutely not, bro. This game is constantly changing and you have to stay on top of it. Definitely. No, that's exactly what I meant. That is exactly what I meant. I wanted you to touch on that because a lot of people just think like, oh, well, I'll just find the next thing and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times it's it's a setbacks that keeps it moving. It's a setbacks that keeps it pushing. It's a setbacks that, you know what, I went through this and I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And if things evolve, I'm going to evolve with them. A mm-hmm. lot of people and a lot of businesses, a lot of big companies out there, perfect example, look at Sears, right? Mm-hmm. They, they didn't want to evolve. They didn't want to, you know, adapt to change. And now they're getting left behind. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, I think every day we're evolving. Every day things are evolving around us. We just have to keep up with it. You're so smart, bro. What they actually did was uh, they actually filed for bankruptcy so they don't have to pay any taxes. And then they actually created an e-commerce platform. Smart. Yeah, they're geniuses, brother. Did that's, you know the story about about uh, Sears before? They were actually uh, pretty much what you do. Uh, they used to actually, people place orders. They didn't, they didn't have a, uh, you know, a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. And people were you know put in a request and then they will come out to you and either they'll fix your your stuff or drop off oh. you know appliances i did not know that yeah and they that's how that that was their business model until they went and oh you know brick and mortar and open up these thousands and thousands of stores so that's exactly what they did and to see amazon come in and really like shift the game uh-huh. and them not adapting was it's crazy dude amazon is gonna kill everybody they don't want to death. <laughs> right Amazon is mad they're, they're monsters bro Amazon's a shark Jeff Bezos Jeff Bezos is the king of of this oh man what, what do you even call it like this 
e-commerce game, bro. You had you, you people had, like you had to keep your eyes on Bezos. That's for sure. He's one. He's one of my. He's one of my. Um, I wouldn't call him role models, but he's somebody that I look up to, and in in terms of the way that he operates. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos was uh, some one of my idols mm-hmm. because it's it's crazy when I first found out about Amazon and now seeing Amazon evolve to the, where they're at now. Mm-hmm. It's like night and day. Bro, they're taking over the game, bro. They got grocery stores. They have production companies. They have pretty much they're they're the the store of everything, right? They 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 you can buy anything from them. Um, they're expanding into subscription businesses. They're taking over the they take, they're taking over the world. Oh yeah. They're gonna have drones flying up around us. Like they're probably that drone probably. they're flying might be there right? as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Jeff Bezos. He heard us. <laughs> that's Jeff Bezos drone. <laughs> no, how do we get into Amazon and start talking about Amazon? It's supposed to be about you, bro. Uh, dude, honestly, I feel like Amazon is a big part of who I am right now in this point in my life because Amazon did change my life. Mm-hmm. They are Amazon for anyone that doesn't know, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows. Amazon is um, it's 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 a merchant platform where you can sell and buy pretty much anything. Right. And me being in e-commerce right now, it's very strategic for me to sell on Amazon because they already have a huge client base. They have a one one uh, a seller per 100 customer ratio that is wild bro damn that is wild and it's um because of that it's a great opportunity for anybody who wants to sell online to you to utilize their clientele wow and their customer base i need to get on it you know it's 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 very lucrative so i mean that's why we talked about amazon bro it's it's it literally is a big part of who i am right now in this point in my life wow well, Rigo, um, I'm gonna be hanging out more than more with you because I need to learn about this <laughs> this space myself. I, I see it. I've I've done a, done a little bit of research, but mm-hmm. being that you've been in the game already, I I live to learn from you. Yeah, bro, anytime. Um, all right, let's let's go back to Rigo. You know, I know that Amazon's a big place in your heart and a big place in your life. So, 22 years old, mm-hmm. Rigo. Now, Rigo. Uh, you know, I came across the seven equities, mm-hmm. which I've been talking about this entire podcast, this entire episode. It's about time to talk about it, right? It's about time we talk about it because I feel that people need to learn about your the way you think, your thought process, the way you carry yourself, um, how these seven equities truly shift your mind and mm-hmm. shift your life. And I think put you in a better position. Mm-hmm. Not that when you were going through any of those things, you were not in a good position, but I feel that you are Rego 2.0, if I, if I can say that. Maybe even 3. Oh, okay. Maybe 3.0. Okay. 5.0, I cre- Mustang? I, I created, I've recreated myself several times throughout, you know, in my, my short 27 years of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, crazy. 27, mm-hmm. 28. Time just like, I still feel so young. I mean, you are young, bro. How old are you? 28. No, dude, you're a baby, man. Yeah, but I feel like when I speak with people that are my age and all they're talking about is like going out to drink and going out and party and, and sometimes I feel like, dude, like, am I really this young to be feeling this old? Huh, okay. You know? Am I really this young to be feeling this old? Yeah. It's a different perspective. Oh, I took that from Drake, by the way. <laughs> Kudos to Drake. <laughs> but yeah, we go. So, all right, so seven equities. Can you explain to us what that is? So the seven equities is pretty much a concept. It was not created by Kevion, or his name is Kevin Sturdivant. For anybody who hasn't listened to Kevin Sturdivant, look up his podcast. Um, 
What's the name of this podcast? Uh, what is it? What is it? Project Mindset. Project Mindset. Yes. Look up his uh, podcast, Project Mindset, right now. I just had a, a brain fart, but it's that podcast has changed my life in more ways that I can, that I can honestly have, that I have time to say in this podcast right mm-hmm. now. I shared it with Cruz the last, the, the first time we sat down and, you know, uh, when, I, when I sat down with Cruz in his car, he was actually listening to the podcast and he said it was yes. his fifth time listening to the podcast. So it impact for someone who's as, you know, as well read and, uh, and as, um, curious as cruises with information for him to go through that piece of information several times it must have impacted his life as well it did so it, it wasn't created by kevin sturdivant but he was the one that simplified the process and the seven equities is pretty they're, pretty, they're called the seven equities of life and it, what it does it puts your priorities in a descending order and that's pretty much the way that you what you really value in your life because a lot of the times in life like i said when i was going through my spiritual rut my spiritual discovery you get a lot of information from a lot of different places but it's it's all that information that confuses you and the seven equities just allows you to pretty much align these views in a way that they really align with who you are and shows you the importance of how they are so i'll give you an example the seven equities of life they go as red right from top to bottom the first one being mindset second one being health third one being soul then family social business and finance if you guys saw finance is at the very bottom but that's usually the one that we give the most attention to anytime you ask somebody hey you know what do you want to do in the next five years or what do you want to have or or what are your plans for the next year like maybe nine times out of ten it's going to be finance related it's going to be something hey you know i want to have a brand new car or hey you know i want to you know i want to travel to fiji or i want to and anything that has to do with finance i want to get that promotion at work Hardly anybody ever says, hey, you know what? I want to, you know, I want to have a great relationship with my family, which is equity number three. Hardly anybody says, hey, you know, I want to have my mentality on point. And that's that. That's the seven equities. In order for your life to really be strong, you have to build up the foundations. In order for you to have great health, in order for you to have a great body, you have to have a solid rock, a rock solid mindset mm-hmm. that allows you to, you know, start working on your body goals, yeah. on your health. In order for you to work on your soul, which is your spiritual beliefs, a lot of the times your health has to be on point and your mindset has to be on point because it's part of the it's part of the descending order. If you want to have a great relationship with your family, you usually have to have your mindset, your health, and your and your uh, and your spirituality on point, which is your soul. And so on, you know. If you want to have a great relationship with your friends, and not, not just your friends, social doesn't just mean friends. Social can expand to a lot of different other social aspects of your life. Yeah. You have to have a great relationship with your family, health, mentality, you know. And so on. And then the very last two, business and finance. How are you? How do you expect to have great finances if all your other equities are falling apart? Yeah. So. Facts. A, lo- a lot of the times throughout, you know, throughout my throughout my twenty seven years, I spend a lot of time working on these different equities. Never in the proper order. Never in yeah. the order that allowed me that set me up for success. But I started, you know, I generated, I gathered a lot of information and I started working on these individual equities, but it never flowed. Mm. It never did. The way that I explained it to you last time, it's like a pool, it's like a pool of water, seven pools of water, each placed specifically on top of each other. You got to fill the top, the top pool with water until it overflows and it starts flowing into the second pool. Then that one spirals and overflows and sets into the third pool, then the fourth pool, then the fifth pool. And that's the way I pretty much, you know, that's pretty much, that's the way I live. That's the way that I embody the seven equities. I started working on my mindset, 
once I saw that I had a rock solid mindset, once I saw that my mindset was in a very stable position, I started working on my health. Mm-hmm. And then that carried on into my spirituality, like I shared with you last time. Yeah. I took that and I and I took all my beliefs and all my foundational um, foundations in those other um, equities, put it into my family, have a great relationship with my family. I started working on my friendships, on my social equity. That's where you come along. That's where a lot of my partnerships came along. It flourished. Then after I started working on my social equities, that's when I started focusing on my business. My business started taking off when I started really focusing on building those strong relationships. I built I built great partnerships that helped me build good business that helped me that connected me with other people as well. And then and you you know as as we all know, once your business is on point, that's when the finances start coming in. Yeah. So those seven equities really helped me align my life, really helped me align my beliefs, and really helped me create a foundation that. I just, you know, that I carry forward. And whenever, you know, you do deviate off your path, you have your seven equities to remind you what's really important to you. Definitely. I love that. I, I truly love that. I actually, I'm working on my seven equities myself. Props, I've been having a hard time really drawing down um, everything that I, that I want in each bucket. You know, I feel because I've, I, I think so much. Mm-hmm. I'm so much in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need to have that moment to just say, hey, what are the things that I want? Did you suffer from that as well? Absolutely. I, I think I went through three. I, so what he's, what he's talking about is I gave him an exercise in order, like, in order to write three or four affirmations per each equity. Yes. And these are not just affirmations that say, hey, you know what? I want to I wanna, I wanna achieve this mindset by this time. It has to be something more solid. Like I am building... A solid. I, I am aware of thoughts like how impossible you don't deserve this, and I am working towards a positive mindset every day. It has to be more so those kind of things, not just goals that you blurt out. So I did change my equities three times before I actually solidified them, and it was because I hadn't dug deep enough and I hadn't really written the ones that really embodied who I wanted to be and what and who I am. So yeah, man, I did change them several times. Okay, so so it's normal for me to feel this way. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you don't feel this way, you're doing it wrong. That's what I say. Oh, man. So, all right, you start these seven equities, right? Mm-hmm. We just talked about um, the process of it. What has been a few things that have manifested and that you've seen, you know, develop in your life that you've actually started, you know, conquering? Oh, man, dude. Um, 80% of my equities... Oh shoot. 80% of my equities have been absolutely demolished and owned. And the only ones that I haven't hit yet, the last 20% are the ones that were so outlandish that I thought I wasn't like, I was like, okay, cool. If I hit these, it's going to be a miracle. And I'm getting close to them. I haven't quite hit them. I still have about a month and some, you know, and some change left. Yeah. But I'm aiming for those equities. But yeah, 80% of those equities have come true. I found. One of my equities, bro, coming from somebody like you guys have heard my story who didn't really have friends, who messed up his relationships, every relationship because of the trauma that he had. Oh, man, it's it's kind of it's it's hard to admit this, but I found I think I found the love of my life. You did. I, I think That's I found beautiful. the love of my life, and it was something that I wrote in my equity, something that I thought was gonna be impossible to me, and something from a woman who I would have never never thought I was gonna have this kind of connection with. 
I think I found the love of my life, bro. That's something that I didn't think was going to happen. My family is Congrats. blown away. My brothers are blown away. People don't believe it. I, I even sometimes myself was like, wow, dude, how did, how did, how did you get, <laughs> how did how did you get hurt, bro? <laughs> but it was in my equities. Yeah. It was in my equities. I wrote down my equities and I recited them every single day. I actually showed you a notebook. Mm-hmm. I, I went through a whole notebook. So the notebook that you saw was brand new of me writing my equities every single day without fail. That was one of them. Another one was I was able to manifest a free trip into a, pri- a semi-private jet. And that was just something that I blurted out there that I wanted to do in my, pri- in my, in my equities. And I made it happen, bro. It's, it was by mere chance. It was for oh, free. Shit. And the power of visualization, the power of actually understanding what it is that you are and taking certain affirmative steps to making it happen. It's a very powerful thing. That mm-hmm. much I can tell you. Damn. How does that... That's awesome. And that's just two of them, bro. I can literally go on and on. Keep going. I I want to hear all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear all of them. Give us two more. Um, I also wanted to manifest three people into my life that were going to help me, that were going to help elevate and take my game to the next level. I put three names that were very very hard to reach people that I thought I was never going to associate with. And it happened. Who are those three people? Um... Man, I don't know if I want to mention my name because this is a relationship that I keep a little bit on the back burner. Okay. But it was somebody in the e-commerce space, uh, somebody in the e-commerce space that I have admired for a very long time. These guys are guys. These are guys that, for pe- people that might follow me on my social media, they might know they might know who these guys are. But these guys are pretty much um, pioneers in the e-commerce game. They have been, they they pretty much pioneered what drop shipping was mm-hmm. and elevated the game in a way that enticed me to bring me into this game and I was able to connect with them I was able to stay in their house I was able to um, travel with them and it was because of affirmations that I did put in my equities and just like little sizable steps that I took to getting there so I was able to make those connections and I call them my friends now and we've been able to do some very interesting things in the space because of that and it was a connection that I honestly in the beginning of the year back when I created my equities in early February I didn't think was going to happen Wow. You know what I mean? Damn. My partnership in the podcast with Rico, for many of you guys, you guys, you guys, if you guys are listening to this, you guys know who Rico is. <laughs> yes, Mr. <they> Rico do. <laughs> J. He was somebody who was also in my equities that I wanted to connect with, and we created a podcast. We're now creating a podcast together, and we have done several uh, small ventures together, and we continue to be great friends. So, understanding what you really want in life and structuring them in terms of your seven equities it's a very powerful thing bro it's 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 a manifesting machine it is when you start putting positive things out there Mm -hmm. right and you see them every single day and you repeat it to yourself Mm -hmm. it's for some way somehow you hijack your life Mm -hmm. you hijack your life to what you want you know you put it in the perspective of i want to be around these type of people and you start attracting that but i also think it, it starts also with action Right, because I can say I want to surround myself with positive people, influential people, these type of environment, this environment, that environment, mm-hmm. build this relationship. But if you're wanting to do that and you're always going back to the same group of friends, mm-hmm. the same negative people, are you really going to get to where you want to be? Definitely not. Huh? Definitely so what not. what actions can you give that they can start implementing with the seven equities? Well, the way that I like to look at the way that I like to paint this right now is, I mean, the seven equity, not the seven equities, but the action taking is right now, if I was tar- if I was to tell you to look at the like out, out, out towards the front of us, right? If I was just tell you like, hey, look outside the window, 
we're, we're in a parking lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I was to say, what do you see? You would see everything. Yeah. You're like, oh, I see a car. I see a drone. I see a plane. I see people walking, yes. right? You can point 80 different things, a million different things. But if I say, okay, look outside your window, spot red, you're eventually going to go bam, 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 red, 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 red. Yep. If I say spot blue, bam, 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 spot a car, you're going to be like bam, 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 bam. That's the way that I looked. That I, I like to make uh, point it. As soon as you know what you really want, as soon as you identify what it is that you want, you're gonna start seeing it every part of your life. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna start seeing it everywhere. And each time you see it everywhere, it's a different opportunity for you to take action on it. Just one little step. Maybe if you want to meet somebody, if you want to be in someone's social circle, just start with a hi. Start with a yep. DM. You see them on Instagram. Be like, hey, I like this. Maybe like their post. If let's say you want to have a car. You want to have a Tesla, right? Maybe you're driving. I definitely do. Yeah, dude, definitely, bro. We all want to have a Tesla, bro. Those cars are beautiful. Um, and, 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 and they produce no carbon dioxide. That is part of... A healthier, uh, world, healthier world. Right? That's part of my seven equities That's right. for oh, 2020. Really? Okay. Yeah. I can see that happening already. Um, you're example, actually in my Tesla right now. You didn't know that? Yeah, This dude. is my Tesla. Oh, yeah. Now look, look at this beautiful look at that. interface right here. <laughs> um, you you're driving down the street and you see a Tesla car and you start envisioning yourself driving it. all these little things that you do and these little action steps whether it's a step in your mind or whether it's actually going to the dealership and sitting down with a salesman and just asking questions you know mm-hmm. setting yourself in that frame of mindset yeah as soon as you become aware of what it is that you want to do it just makes it a lot easier to be able to identify it in different in different parts of your life in different situations in your life for you to actually start taking steps towards it Damn. It all become it all comes down to awareness. Wow. And being aware that that thing actually exists. Wow. So now let's bring it full circle, brother, because that was that that was amazing. I mean, for me, I'm being a little bit selfish, so I, that was amazing. It's tremendous uh, information, valuable stuff that I can start implementing in my day to day. Where's your life at now? My life at right now. Because I mean, I mean we went from having no friends from being bullied from relationships you know falling apart where's your life at now it's exactly where it where i want it to be what is that it's um i call it i call it happiness bro i call it happiness i can honestly say that i believe this is the happiest i've ever been in my life and life just keeps getting better a lot of the times I talk with people who, you know, they had their glory days when they were younger, when they were in high school, maybe their early days of college, and they say, you know what, life, like I'm getting older, life is getting worse. Honestly, bro, I feel that my life is getting better every single day. Every single day I wake up and I was like, wow, like today is, okay, not always, you know, you don't wake up saying, hey, this is the greatest day. Right. But I honestly feel that my life is getting better as time passes because mm-hmm. I'm making it better. It's become a life by design. Yeah. I have chosen my decisions whether i failed it was my choice whether i won it was my choice the people i met it was my choice my partner was my choice my relationship with my family was my choice my mindset my soul my health my business my finances it was all my choice and because of that i can honestly say that i'm happy yeah am i winning i'm winning more every single year every single month i'm making decisions that put me in a position to win my stores are doing great my my all my stores are doing great i have several stores now i started with one I started drop shipping, then I moved on to a private label, then I moved on to wholesale, and now I'm moving on and on and on. Life is definitely getting better, and it has been by design. And because of that, like I told you, I can honestly say I'm happy with my choices and uh, the person that I am becoming because of those choices. Wow. That's beautiful. That's awesome, bro. 
Um, this episode is definitely going on, going up before 2020. Hey. I want everyone to learn about the seven equities. I want them to really, you know, start implementing those as 2020 comes around because I call 2020 the perfect vision. Mm, so okay. I think with the seven equities, a lot of people will find tremendous value and conquer their year. And um, what does your year look like for 2020? Right. Does it look clear? I, I honestly, dude, I can. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to process what you said. 2020 <laughs> is a year of perfect vision. I like that, bro. Dude, that is. I don't know. Did you, did you make that up? No, I actually heard it. Uh, one of my mentors told me about okay. it, and since they told me, I was just, it's in, embedded in me. 2020 is a year of prohibition. I like that. Yeah. Dude, that is wild. Okay, I can't take credit. I wish it was me who said it, but I'm sharing it. I'm spreading it around. Okay, I like that. So I was, I was just trying to process that, dude. I really like that. I'm going to carry that throughout my whole 2020. Um, my 2020 definitely looks bright because I'm choosing to make it bright. I have made great partnerships as of right now. I've shared with you a lot of the things that I do have going on in 2020. I'm planning on, you know, doubling down on my e-commerce business mm -hmm. and doubling down on my inventory, doubling down on my relationships with my partner, doubling down on my friendships, uh, tripling down on my podcast, which is doing great at the Amazing. moment and it's going to do so much better. I think 2020 is the year of perfect vision, bro. It is. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to wear their sunglasses because it's bright out there. But you know, you know what's what excites me the most about 2020? What is that? Because 2019 is the year that I decided to really focus on my mindset, overcome a lot of my limiting beliefs. One of my first equities, like I mentioned it earlier, is um, I'm aware of thoughts like how impossible you don't deserve this. I speak with confidence and I am building a higher state of confidence with the help of my seven equities every single day. It's something that I really embedded in my mind in order to build a rock solid mindset because everything starts with your mind. So because of the rock solid foundations that I have built in my mindset, throughout 2019 and will continue to build throughout 2020 that's what i'm really excited about i'm really excited to see and push the limitations of my own mind and i'm really excited as well because you did share a book with me you shared a book with me uh, uh you shared a book with me recently called um what, what was the book called again i'm spacing what right doesn't now. kill us what doesn't kill us yeah and that book talked about a method that i've been really curious about for a very long time called the wind hub method that allows you to pretty much uh uh, tap into your own nervous system, tap into your own mind and push beyond what you believed yes. was impossible. Like the book says, what doesn't kill us, what you thought could possibly kill you. Mm -hmm. So you just elevated my own mindset. You literally, with this book, you have no idea what you did to my mindset, bro. <laughs> I am obsessed with kind of understanding the methodologies behind that book and the ideologies as well. And because of that, I feel that 2020 is going to be a great year like you said the year of perfect vision because the mindset is set the road the roadmap has been paved all i have to do is just walk it now damn you guys heard that start planting those seeds in your mind because you're going to reap the benefit at the end of next year i uh, i say i call it the compound pounding mm -hmm. right because as long as you're doing it it's kind of like anything think about it as you put money in the bank and it's you know, just earning interest on top of interest. Mm -hmm. You've already deposited what you want. You already deposited your mindset. Now it's just gonna reap, it's gonna compound next year and the year after that. And for the rest of your life, it's just gonna get better and better.
-hmm. it's going to keep growing and growing, right? Absolutely. Nothing but success. Absolutely. Man. But I want to ask you, why are you so down low? Like, why don't you really share a lot about these things on social media? Because I feel like a lot of people deserve to learn these things. It, it has a lot to do with the way I grew up. I always grew up, like I said, even though I have... I wouldn't say master, but even though I have worked on my mindset through all my whole life, I mean, up until this point in my life, a lot of the times, a lot of the traumas that you carry as a child still stand with you as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I feel that people don't care about what I think. Mm. People are so caught up in their own lives that they don't care about what you think. And even though I have been told to post more about, you know, these kind of ideas, these kind of concepts, and more about how to start an e-commerce store, more about how to build an independent business, or, mm -hmm. you know, just... All, a lot of these different topics that I'm very passionate about, I feel like people don't care. Mm. And because of, I, because of that, I have kind of, I guess, taught myself how to be low-key. Kind of work, work behind the scenes, be the guy that you don't see, but the guy that makes things happen. So mm. um, that, that's pretty much it, bro. I, just, I, I, I guess I feel that people don't really care. When you say they don't care, they don't care about what? Listening to you or yeah, hearing you they, out? they don't care about listening to me. Sometimes I feel that I don't have anything important to say. Wow. It's... It, it, and um, I, it's it's not that I believe I don't have anything more to say. I just I, I feel like people don't care, and because of that, I, I consider that a strength. Wow. It sounds negative the way I'm saying it, but I consider that a strength because I don't. The less content that I create for people to see, the less I care about what people say, and it allows it allows me to move a lot swifter. If people don't know what you're up to, if people don't constantly expect that content from you, you don't have to worry about what's going on in their mind. You just worry about what's going on in your mind, and it allows you to execute a lot more efficiently. Wow. So it's by design. I just, I feel that the less people know, I, I'm, I'm active on social media. I'm just not active about the things that I do. And I feel that the less people know, the more I can, the faster I can execute. Mm. And it always gives me that element of surprise because people don't know what to expect. And it's something, it's, a, it's, it's something that I believe is valuable in marketing. Damn. And that's why you're killing it in the space, bro. I mean, I want to say I'm killing it, bro, because, uh. I, 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 I'm, I just like what I do, bro. I like what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're killing it, bro. It's, that's so true what you said, though. I, I myself, I'm very out there. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the opposite. The more that I'm out there, the more that I'm growing. Okay. Um, yeah, do I care what people say? Do I care what people think? To a certain extent, mm -hmm. right? If I'm solicitating 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 that advice and yeah if i say hey regal tell me where i can improve tell me where, yeah of course but if i'm not and you come and you tell me hey you should do this to your podcast or hey yeah i'll take it with a grain of salt if it comes from a good place but if it's just negative stuff then i just cut it out right but this podcast doing youtube posting on social media has helped me build my confidence okay. every day that i do this podcast or every time that i do an episode is building my confidence so it's so, so awesome to hear the opposite side. You know, the less that I post, the less that people um, know about me, mm -hmm. the more that I can execute and the more that I can just focus on the things that I want. It's funny. Do you remember what I told you right before we started recording? I, I, I told you that we both live, that me and you live in, in the opposite sides of each spectrum. Yeah. You're like in one side, <laughs> not all the way in the other, bro. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Well, before we wrap it up, bro, where can these people find you? Or at least find something about you. All right, guys, if you guys want to stalk my life, uh, my Instagram, which is pretty much the social platform where I'm the most active, is at rego.flow. That's R-I-G-O, period, F-L-O. 
And if you want to hear what's going on in my mind and the, and pretty much the concepts that I talk about, I dive into it a lot in my podcast called Inside the Millennial Mindset. And you can find it everywhere where podcasts are heard. Nice. How'd you come up with at Rego.flow? Like, Rego.flow. Where, where does flow come from? Oh, man. Do you, do you, want, do you want to hear the, the, the cool one or the actual one? Both. All right, Let's cool. start with the cool one. So... Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a very spiritual guy. I believe I believe, and always try to uh, be in a state of flow. Don't fight it. I'm a very go-with-the-flow kind of guy because I feel that the universe always guides you exactly where you need to go, right? Mm-hmm. So if the universe is pushing you one way, instead of fighting it, instead of going against the grain, maybe try to see why the universe is pushing you that way because everything is always done with intention, mm-hmm. right? If you're reciting your equities, maybe it's going to push you in one way and you're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to know why it's going that way. But if you go with it, eventually you end up where you need to be. Just like mm. a river. The river always flows where it needs to go. Right? Wow. So I like flow. I abide by being in a state of flow. And like the book that, that you shared with me, being mm. in a state of flow is a biohack that allows you to pretty much operate at your optimum levels. Yes. And that's one reason why I chose it. The real reason is my, uh, the real reason is my last name is Flores. So I couldn't get oh. Regal Flores. So I just put flow. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fact that it connected. Yeah, no, that's, it definitely that's, connects. That's cool. It was intentional. Yeah. It was intentional. At that moment, was it intentional, or after later on you like discovered? Yeah, you know what? No. So I, like I wanted flow. I wanted Rigo Flow with a W, but it looked dumb, bro. I, uh, I put it together. I put Rigo Flow, and I was like, oh, dude, it looks like it looks dumb. I don't like weird. it. It looks really dumb. So I thought about it. I was like, wait, my last name is Flores, so I can technically just take away the w and it'll still work out yes so it was intentional and it just happened to work out it just so happened to define this just, now right exactly exactly <laughs> well i always end this uh my podcast with one question and it's uh what legacy does rigo rigo want to leave behind what legacy you know this is a question that i almost expected from you why is that it's i i can't i can't explain it but I, it's like I knew you were going to ask me this question. I kind of felt it coming and I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I started thinking about it in my head. If I was to leave a leg, it's, it's funny. I don't know why, but I, I, I kid you not when I honestly expected this and I started thinking about it. What legacy do I want to live behind? And in reality, this is going to sound very counterproductive, but I don't. You don't? I don't want to leave a legacy behind. For, before, before we get into legacy, what uh-huh. do you think legacy is? Uh, to me, let, okay, I changed my, can I change my answer? Yeah. Okay, cool, I changed my answer. Okay. I changed my answer, okay, cool, so, you still want me to answer what legacy is? What, what is legacy to you? Okay, so legacy to me is pretty much the ideology that you leave behind is pretty much, not necessarily what defines you, but what defined, what defined, what, what was, what was the ultimate outcome of the life that you're living? Mm-hmm. And and pretty much, well, how does that contribute to the people that you're gonna affect after you're gone? Yes. And the reason I said nothing is because I feel that life is. I feel that I feel that life is very meaningless. Why is that? I I just feel that life is very meaningless, and regardless of the impact that you make, at the end of the day, life is just it's it's a constant flow. It's a constant flow, and it's always gonna flow exactly where it needs to go regardless of whether you're there or not and you're simply here in order to create your impact and instill your instill your mindset in this specific place and with with your actions 
So it's not, it, 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 it can be perceived as negative, but it's really not negative. I just feel that, that my legacy is, I, I don't want it to necessarily impact anything and any, any, anything that other people do because I want, because I just like myself, I want people to kind of discover their own flow and use what they learn from you and kind of create their own legacy, mm-hmm. their own mindset and create their own path. Got it. So that's why I meant, that's what I meant by I don't necessarily want to leave a legacy behind. Got it. Because everything, because by leaving a legacy behind, maybe it stops another person from really following their path and creating their own set path. Does that make sense? It does. What I'm hearing is what you want to do is empower self-creative, meaning go out and create your own life. Go out and create whatever you want to do. Exactly. Make make your own mistakes. Create your own uh, wins, Mm -hmm. failure, success. It should be 100% dependent up to you. Got it. So with that being said, guys, this is dot flow on instagram rigo flores thank you so much for being on the podcast brother i really appreciate picking your brain i really appreciate the fact that you uh you shared with us you know the seven equities some of the things that really were meaningful to you uh some of the hardships that you faced and i appreciate your time i appreciate you being here bro dude it was honestly an experience uh creating this podcast with you bro and uh the pleasure is all mine thank you brother Till next time, brother. Till next time. All right, guys. uh, That is it for today. Hopefully, you guys learned something. Hopefully, you guys can take anything with you today and apply it. Um, Reach out to me on Instagram. Anything that stood out to you, make sure that you post it on your story. I'll be reposting it. Also, make sure that you write a review. I'm trying to hit 25 reviews on iTunes. I'm trying to really take this to the next level. I know that I don't really ask for much. I don't ask people for help. But anything that you can do, share it to someone that can take this and apply it to their life. Share it with your friends. Share with whoever you really care about. And uh, with that, I'll end the podcast today and uh, catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.